And God bless you. Uh, when was it? Well, man, it goes, it goes back. I mean, I went from here, this church, and you know that the people are in the church, right? <laughs> Although I love this church building. This is awesome. Um, it was 1991, actually 1990, that the Lord stirred me and made provision for me to go to China. Uh, but I'll back up a little bit because uh, Beth mentioned that when you're called, you're called really from the onset. And that is true. I received Christ when I was in college, my first year. Uh, my favorite sport, I tell people, was drinking. I was truly an alcoholic and uh, had some friends there in the community college that were willing to, to drink with me whenever I wanted to. And um, so it happens one day that I heard that my drinking buddy got saved. I had a little understanding of that because my older brother got saved about a half a year prior to that, and I didn't want anything to do with that. So I went into my drinking buddy's room uh, one Friday night and with, with the beer, and I said, have a beer. He said, no, put it down. Listen to this. And he had the Bible open in his hand. I said, oh, well, all right. I, I heard, I heard. But just read a little bit from the Bible, and I'll tell you how it doesn't make sense. And so he started reading. And he said, whenever I find a passage that I don't understand, I just keep reading, and the Bible seems to explain itself. He didn't realize it, but that's that you pay thousands of dollars for that hermeneutic right there. That's, and uh, he had it all figured out right there. And so uh, the word was coming alive at that point. And I, I, I couldn't believe it. I'd never experienced anything like that. I mean, the, the Holy Spirit had come into that room. Not only did we not drink the beer, we poured it down the drain. And when you see an alcoholic doing that, it's a major day. And so uh, he said, you should receive Christ now. I said, wait, too much, too fast. I said, I'll have to, I'll have to think about it. Well, a couple days goes by, and we head to the church right across the street from the dormitory and Assemblies of God Church, Fort Dodge, Iowa. Iowa. I tell my students in China, say Iowa. And they get confused. Iowa, Ohio, Idaho, it was Iowa, and the preacher preached salvation, and I went down to the altar, and I said, Jesus, I give you this invitation to come into my heart, change my life, but if you don't, I will have a day and a moment that I can stand before you when I die and say, I invited you in. Why did you not come? Well, he did come. <laughs> I got up from that altar. I felt forgiven. I hope that's at least some of your experience, if not all, to feel forgiven. It's awesome. Felt like I was walking about six, ten inches off the ground for a while. And, uh, and it was beautiful. I, I started, we started witnessing to people, and uh, I, I won't, I'm going to try to make the long story short. I went to college at Evangel with those two friends, by the way. There were two others. And uh, got a Bible study degree. And graduated, went to Philly. But long, uh, we just came to have an invitation to come to Boston, teaching at a school in Jamaica Plain, and we took that opportunity. 
But I must tell you, when I got saved, I asked the Lord shortly after that, what are you going to do with my life? And I heard him say, I'm going to send you to the other part of the world. You know, how did you hear that? Well, more clearly than the audible, when God speaks to you, serious, serious, he will speak it in a way that it is clearer than audible because he ties it into your heart. And I, and I went to the pastor and I said, what does that mean? I'll, I'll go to the other side of the world. What should I do? The pastor said, Jay, sounds like a missions call. Relax. If it's God, and he said, I believe it is, he will cause it to happen. The when and the where, he doesn't want you to know. Ten years later, I was standing in China. And God said, now do you remember when I told you I would send you to the other side of the world? And he did. With a heart for the mission at hand. And in Beijing in those years, there were no churches outside the government churches. Very, very few. And it was really a time to start churches. So I had read on cell group planning, cell church planting. And uh, I, here we go. I had a group that was meeting on Saturday mornings in my home for Bible study. And I said, hey, look, why don't we just do church and be church? And they agreed and we, we launched and before you know it, we became two groups. The two groups became four groups. And it got to apparently, now see, uh, it kept growing even when I left. Um, and apparently it went to 13 groups. And what happened at that point was most of those groups did close shop, so to speak. You say, why? What's going on? Well, the leaders were, uh, were basically worn out. You see... Leaders don't grow up as fast as the church does many times. You have to raise those leaders up, and that takes time. But meanwhile, many of the people from our groups filtered into larger networks and became the strong arm in those networks. And that I love. I absolutely love that part right there. Because our goal and my prayer always is, Lord, do greater in them. Do greater, larger, more, more awesome things in their lives than in mine. You see, if we don't pray that way, we're, we're missing it. Let me tell you how. John the Baptist said, he must increase and I must decrease. Now, that doesn't mean diminish to nothingness. It's not this kind of a thing. It means that the glory shift goes toward Jesus every time. And uh, we have testimonies. I'm, basically, that's the long and short of my, my conversion, my calling. Um, I get more excited telling people about what people that we've touched are doing with their calling. And you've been reading the newsletters, I hope, and you've seen a, story, a girl named Hannah. And uh, she has been a powerhouse in that. So she runs a tutorial school when the kids come home from school, they go to her home, a hundred. And uh, when they go to her home, they learn their lesson, especially English, better than they could have in school. 
their school hours, you know, 60 people in the classroom, one teacher. Yeah, I don't know if I could hang in there, you know, my attention. Um, but they come to her school, and she has them form in, in small groups, and she does English studies with them. Well, uh, and of course, by that time, she, was a, she has received Christ. She's a very strong Christian. And she says to one of these groups one evening, she says, I'm going to pray. I'm going to sing for you. And now, for a fact, she can't hold a tune. Uh, and so she instead, to get around that, she sings in the Holy Spirit. And so she's singing in the Holy Spirit. All of the kids are unbelieved, unchurched, unbelieving, unchurched. And about 10, 12, I don't know, around that number, we're listening as she sang in the Holy Spirit. And she starts hearing from them. Miss Gao, we're in heaven. She said, what, what do you mean? We are now, we can see in heaven right now. It's like our whole body, but our body isn't there. And so uh, she had them describe further. I see Jesus, one of them says. Another one, help me work on forgiveness, Lord. And suddenly he comes into the presence of God too. And there they are. For the balance of the hour, that's what they were doing. Uh, and, and she didn't know what to do with that. I mean, that, that would be hard for any of us to con uh, contemplate. So uh, that class, she just told them to treasure it. And they dismissed. And another group came in. And she said, I'm not going to tell the second group anything. But I'm going to do the same thing. She starts singing in the spirit. And Miss Go, we're in heaven. <laughs> and she knew they weren't faking. I mean, even if, even if the kids were having fun, they wouldn't, they wouldn't think of that one. So uh, she doesn't know what to do with this. She gets a hold of us. Hey, this is what's going on. All the students, all the students. And how about you, Hannah? She said, no, I'm not, I haven't experienced it. And so week after week after week, unchurched, unbelieving kids, suddenly an unbelieving child says to her, I think I will be a pastor. A little ahead of themselves there, you know. <laughs> and so they all receive Christ. And have this uh, this uh, experience. She rolls around to uh, Christmas time. She says, "Jay and Jackie, I want to I want to ask you guys to to tell the Christmas story. I love telling the Christmas story because everything in the birth narrative has a matching in the death scene of Jesus. Uh, and so we tell the story in its simplicity. I'm speaking in English for her students, a hundred of them. Jackie's translating for the rest, two or three hundred. And uh, we finish, and the Spirit was right there. I said, how many of you, you want to be loved and forgiven by Jesus? How many of you want to belong to him? And the whole auditorium goes up with their hands. And that's the most I've ever prayed with any group in China. And times are tighter right now, security-wise. China is kind of, uh, how do I say, fearful. There's only two major bodies of people in China, the Communist Party and the church. So the party's kind of looking at the church. You know, 20 years ago, they said, oh, that's nice. 
You are good people. Thank you. And now, now they're saying to themselves, they're outgrowing us. And that's why things are getting tighter now in China. And so, um, but Hannah did not worry about that. I did not worry about that, inviting people to receive Christ. Because the Holy Spirit tells you what to do. Amen? He will tell us what to do. And, and John the Baptist said it. I would not change it. He must increase. I must decrease. And I have in that process more and more joy. Uh, people of this world who don't know God, maybe they don't believe God, they're looking for joy. And when they find it, they latch on. That's why we've got to have the joy, in, even in times like this, when weird things are happening all over. And, and the, the world is looking at the church. What are you going to do? And the church is trying to say, look, we don't know what to do either, but we love Jesus. Uh, and so I've got tons more here. But I want, uh, I want to play the DVD or the video, whatever it is. Um, where are we? Are we ready, Jimmy? Or jo What's he saying? Okay, thank you. Thank you, Jimmy. Um, we are very happy to be back to Glad Hidings. There are so many uh, familiar faces and new faces. We're excited to see both. And you see the last picture there, Changsha. That's actually Xue Dan's hometown. She grew up there. I think uh, uh, she played a part of how God called us to our current city. Um, Jay spent the first half of his missionary life uh, in uh, Beijing. That's where we met. I was uh, in a university there. We were in the same campus. He was not my teacher. Um, <laughs> but, and he was secretly starting Seoul Church on our campus uh, while my classmates, who was already a Christian, and she started to go to the church, and then she got mobilized. She got hold of some tracts. At that time, people smuggled them over the border of Hong Kong, uh, bring into China. So she would lay those things around my desk and uh, tell me, so... Aren't those pictures cute? You should keep them in your pocket and then read them when you are on a bus or something. So I would start to read those things and then caught my attention. At that time, I was a very hardcore scientific mindset, atheist, intellectual, all those. Just don't think the concept of God is real. 
and uh, and so, but when we when I start to read those things, it start caught my attention that I actually knew so little about science. It's a superstition in another thought. We just believe somebody in authority told us something that's so true, and then we just believe it. And so my mind start to change. I received the Lord a, a few months later. I was the first Christian in my family, just like Hannah was the first one in her family. And then my whole family come to the Lord as well, just like Hannah's family all come to the Lord. Uh, but later, I realized that God has unfolded the story way before our realization. Um, a few years later, after we become Christian, my mother was chatting with me, and she said, you know, I actually prayed before I was a Christian. I said, I've never heard that. Um, she said, do you remember you were really sick first year in college? Uh, I had appendix burst like for nine days without really known. So I was really dying. And then it was so ruined my system. I was in hospital for three months. And there's all kinds of bad news that doctors giving to my mom. And my parents were so desperate. And then my mom doesn't know where to turn. So she just nailed down on her own. And she said, if there's a God, I don't know who you are. Could you save my daughter and my whole family will serve you? And she didn't know who she prayed to. She didn't know who heard it. She just, then she just forget it. But a few years later, we realized that's exactly what's happened in our family. God hear our prayer sincerely from our heart, calling out to him. He always answered and responded to us. And um, we see a lot of similar things happening. Uh, you know, you heard a lot of report about China. Sometimes people got the impression that China is very Christianized. And many people say that China probably has more Christians than America do. But China also has an enormous population. Uh, I was thinking about uh, the city we live in now. Um, there's a population, the reported population is 7 million. And even 1% of that is 70,000 people. I really don't think we have 70,000 Christians in our city. Uh, we have four churches that's approved. That's called government-sanctioned church. Um, the biggest one maybe have 1,000 to 2,000 people. The rest of them have a few hundreds. And then after that, there's two uh, rather strong home church. Uh, they have maybe uh, 500 to 700 people. And then there's a few smaller house churches scattered around. That's about it. And the reality is most people we run into, they have never heard about Jesus, or they just know that he's a historic character that started Christian, Christianity. And uh, they don't believe in God. Uh, most Chinese people are atheists. Um, they don't believe that uh, he really rise from dead. Uh, and Jay teaches in a university for English that's our visa to enter the country. We can't be missionary, can't openly say we are missionaries in China. We have to have another identity, and the English teacher is our identity. So he will have 200 students every six months. Um, and next semester, he probably will have a new batch of students. In all the nine years we were there, I don't think we met more than a handful who come in already are Christian. And none of those are Christian, uh, mature Christian. They may have some contact, or they grew up in a Christian family, or they grew up in the church, but they don't have a strong faith. We don't have any strong Christian in those students that we met. So we believe that's where God placed us, 
And uh, not only that, um, just like in the Bible, uh, when Paul go to a new city, he always go to the synagogue and he go to the marketplace. So that's two group of people, people of um, worship and people who, uh, those people are actually seeking faith. Sometimes they don't have the right kind of faith, but they are really sincerely looking. And that's one direction that God point us to. We go to the uh, government-sanctioned government church. That's the, what approved open church in China. We go there uh, two or three times a week. We go to the Sunday uh, service, and we go to the Young Adults Fellowship. The church also starts English fellowship as an outreach because there is uh, such a zeal to study English. So even some people who are not too keen to uh, learn about faith, they want to study English. They want to learn English. So when church opens a venue like that, a lot of unbelievers will come. They don't mind to discuss the Bible in English because they feel they're learning the language. But we believe when people have an encounter with the Word of God, uh, there will be transformation over the heart. Um, Hannah is where we met outside of the church. We, that's the marketplace. We try to, our strategy in China is really simple. We just live there. We make friends, and then we see what God is doing, God, which people God is leading us to, to share gospel with them. Or if they already have some kind of commitment to the faith, we challenge them to go deeper. We help them to um, grow in their walk with the Lord. And um, uh, Hannah, is. we met her in the outside English corner where people gather around to practice English. So a lot of time it's just free chat. You just talk any topic. So Hannah comes to us and says, you two look a little different. Uh, you're actually happily married. <laughs> so I haven't seen a lot of those around. <laughs> so we talked with her and I invited her out for lunch. And later she told me, she said, when you invite me out, I thought you were a desperate housewife. <laughs> You can see she watches a lot of American drama. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we, we talked and she became Christian. The amazing thing happened, the turning point of the, her testimony is when her brother comes to the Lord. You know, when Hannah received the Lord, she was not speaking to her father for years. At least the three years they haven't speak. They live in the same household but she was so angry with how her father treated her and the um, kind of favor her brother over her. And so she just refused to talk with him. So she has to learn the lesson of forgiveness first. And then uh, she started to pray for her family. So she has two prayer focus. She prayed for her school. She sensed that that's her mission field. Those students that God sent her way, that's the story they heard Jay shared, and then God started to show up. The students have such experience uh, in the spirit. And then her family also went through a similar revival. She used to entice her brother to come to church. He didn't have a stable job, so he gave rides to people on a motorcycle. And then she would say, um, I'll pay you to ride me to church. And if you stay through the service and ride back with me, I'll give you extra as bonus. <laughs> So, and she always pray for him loud in the morning, you know, and God really make a difference after she prayed for him for four years, and he suddenly, he decided he wants to become a Christian. So from somebody who is addicted to internet, 
who doesn't have a stable job, who doesn't have any skill. He turned into this person, only one to study the Bible. So he would study the whole morning, study the Bible, and then he studied English in the afternoon. So knowing zero of English, now he become a teacher in Hannah School, and he actually manages the school as well. He also is the, like the chaplain because most of their staff were saved in the school, and uh, a few students, uh, they fellowship together, and they continue to pour into them, uh, help them to grow. And um, God actually has a plan because a few of them have sensed the call to be a missionary, and they don't know how this could happen. We don't know how this could happen because Chinese church are very scattered. There's not really this sending force that's visible that could send people out to be missionary. Um, but, you know, China now has a new vision as a government. They want to reopen the Silk Road. So the government is investing heavily along the Silk Road back to Europe. And uh, so there's a lot of tourism going on. Hannah just started to get tap into the tourism business. And she's in Turkey right now and Egypt. She's learning the trade, and she wants to um, participate in this tourism business because she sees the opportunity that she can share gospel with the business people who are in this tour group, and that she can also make friends and make connections in the Mideast area. And uh, then she can bring her students along, and they can be in this business together. And God really has a plan. And those things, nobody can really think ahead of time ourselves. But as we just live uh, obediently, God will open a way. And what I have taken comfort in this term is Jay and I, we consider ourselves a very ordinary people. We don't have special sets of skill. And, uh, um, but God, has, uh, um, God places us in a place where nobody else is. Every one of us, God places us in a place. And uh, God placed you around the people that nobody else could touch. And uh, that's our place. That's our place. We need to be fully where we are. And we always be alert about those people that God sent our way. And uh, he, he really has a plan. Uh, sometimes we feel like we are fire starters, you know, like, like uh, Hannah or many others. What we do is we start the fire, the fire that we got from God. We just touch them, their heart. And the fire continue to pass on to many others. And that's how God's kingdom expand. And uh, uh, when we look at uh, something, uh, the task in front of us could be overwhelming. But when we uh, live faithful for what God placed in front of us and just always be intentionally engaged people. Sometimes they are unbelievers need gospel. Sometimes they are believers, right, in, around us. Uh, another ministry we do is we connect people in the church. We go to the government church um, there's a lot of people, but there's not a lot of solid connections, like relationships. So we try to nurture that among the people, that they can really be a support to each other. When we are together, when we support each other, we can accomplish so much more. So we are grateful that uh, God used churches like Glad Tidings to send us, place us in the place that we are, so we can touch many people's life and uh, we really enjoy that, and we thank you for um, help us with that to fulfill our calling. Thank you, our family in Glad Tidings. We love you.
uh, some of you want to know what, where from here. Um, the rest of the year, until next summer, I should say, we're going to be uh, in the states, and then we go back for four more years. But we're asking you to pray for a favor for us. One, it's, it's getting harder in China. We need favor from officials. So um, I'm starting a new kind of ministry, hobby woodworkers. And we're seeing, we, we've done a little testing, and there's a huge groundswell of people that are interested. And to have them in our home, share the gospel through woodworking, perfect. Uh, because many times, especially the guys, it's very difficult to get into their hearts and minds. Um, but when you're working with them, doing something that they enjoy, they appreciate, they, they open up their heart. And that's what we need. So pray for us for the new ministries and favor with the officials in China. Thank you and God bless you.